you know, you should uh, engage your brain before opening your mouth. Welcome again. Now, of course, it doesn't work that way. Miscommunication in offices around the world leads to delayed projects, frustrated colleagues, and missed sales. This can be avoided. There's fascinating research that gives insight into how to have creative dialogues and clear conversations in the office and at home. Full of practical tips, insightful research, and inspiring guests, this is Clarity in Conversations, a podcast by Frank Garten. And welcome back to Clarity in Conversations, episode 9. Now, before we move to the different styles of influencing others, which is the topic of today, we look back on the last episode when I spoke with Joe McCormack about brief communication. I got a lot of positive responses on that episode. I think it's because it's a topic we all recognize. People often talk too much. Many of us love to hear our own voice. We love to send and then forget that there's a receiver. It's not about you, it's about your audience. And we're often so full of what we are telling that we just ramble on. It feels like you just keep on talking, but you're not saying anything. The consequence is that the message is not understood. The more you say, the less people hear. So the lesson, think about it first. Be short and concise and provide clarity by bringing structure to your story. Clarity is a lot the same way. There's an order to the information that if you get the order in the right way, it's clear. Brief is the book of Joe McCormack. More information can be found on the website clarityinconversations.nl. And now on to this week. Because even when we are brief in our communication, we do not reach everybody. And that's because we all have different styles of communication and because we all have different preferences. I myself in my communication focus usually on relationships. Um, I tend to think before I speak and I love to dive into the details. But equally well, there's people who prefer to focus on the task rather than on the relationship. And there's people who don't need all these details, but they prefer the big picture and the vision. And in that way, we all have different communication preferences. And somebody who knows a lot about that is Jeff Cox. Jeff has his own consultancy company called New Directions for over 25 years now. And he's the author of several very practical books about influencing and communication skills. Jeff also is a fellow of the Chartered Management Institute and a member of the Chartered Institute of Personnel in Development. Now, I've worked for many years already together with Jeff, often together in front of groups, and, and we will speak today about the influencing model that he uses a lot in workshops and in trainings. We especially talk about the program Getting Results Without Authority, which is where participants learn to recognize the different styles and adapt to them. So getting results without authority is a program that helps people to influence others when they don't necessarily have a hierarchical relationship with them. When you cannot rely on command and control, then you will have to adjust your communication style to whom you have in front of you. So I started exploring with Jeff where the need for that program originated. Yeah, well, yes, Frank, it's what I've seen in fact, not just over the last couple of years, but over the last 15 or 20 years, has been the, the sort of growth of organizational structures in the form of matrix and project working, flatter organizations, um, where we're working cross-functionally a lot of the time. And that's becoming increasingly the case now with the greater access that we have to communications and uh, forms of communications across uh, across orders 
So people are having to communicate with each other without necessarily having a hierarchical relationship with each other. So to get things done these days in organizations, we have to influence a lot of people who don't work directly with us or for us. Yeah. And so we have to get results in those sort of situations. And we can't afford to just tell people what we want because they won't necessarily respond to that. What we have to do is influence them, but also recognize that when we are influencing them, we have to maintain a positive working relationship with them as well, because we're going to have to work with them again in the next few days. Right. So, so yeah. we can't afford the relationship to fall at the same time as getting what it is we want. Right. And, and what, what you're saying, um, it, it, when you look at how the, the way of communication has changed, I almost hear you say it, it, it has been more, it became more complicated. Um, going along the traditional hierarchical line made it clearer and easier. Well, yes, I think so, because, I mean, we used, to, we used to just respond to our boss and do what our boss told us to do, and the, and the communication, the, the organizational structures were not, that, were not that complex. I mean, admittedly that when we did work directly under that positional power uh, relationship, um, most of the time we were doing things because we had to do them. But that was, that was the way in which things happened. It was fairly simple. Right. Um, only you know, one person knew the answer and one person knew what it was that you needed to be done and that was the boss yeah. now we've got 25 people that know it's the right way of doing it and want things done and none of them are my boss so right. i have to i've got a much more complex environment to work in um not just managing the relationship with my boss, but also managing the relationship with loads of other people around the organization, some of whom I may not even see, some right. I've never met before because they're working from somewhere across the other part of the other side of the world. Yeah. You know, and so then, and then that you makes things more complex. <clears throat> right, yeah, so, so it has become increasingly more complex. And you said in that context specifically, it's important to communicate. But at the same time, I need to take care constantly of having a good working relationship. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, using, I'm using more, if you might call it now, personal power rather than positional power in terms of getting things done. Um, so I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm having to use the relationship I have with the other person and the, the impact that I have on that person in order to get things done. I can't just fall back and rely on the positional power that I have. And then personal power is, is what the other person sees in me rather than what I see in them. So positional power is when I can use my position in order to get someone to do what I want them to do. Hierarchy, command and control. But when my positional power is limited or absent or even if I have it but I don't want to use it, all I can do to influence somebody else is to use my own personal power. That's me having power, not because of my hierarchical position, but because of my personality, my behavior, my charm, my charisma, if you want. I think charisma is part of it, uh, Frank, but it's, a, it's also a little bit wider than that. Um, it's, it's the extent to which the other person likes and respects me. And that's got something to do with charisma, but it's also got something to do with 
whether I whether I am seen by the other person to have expertise, whether I am trustworthy, whether they like me, whether they have a relationship with me already, whether they um, see that I work with uh, work with integrity. So not just charisma, but basically how the other person perceives me and whether the other person is willing to do things for me. The complication, though, is that often we don't know how others see us. Yeah, sure. Um, in fact, we very often perceive people as being the same as us. Right. You know, and uh, so one of the ways one of the ways in which I sort of immediately like people, obviously, in terms of first impressions, is if they're like me. So right. if they come from the same sort of background, if they look a bit like me, if they sound like me, um, then I tend to like them from a first impression point of view. Um, if they're different to me, I've got a few more questions. You know, I'm English, so I relate reasonably well to other people who are speaking English to me. But if somebody, if I'm, if I'm now working in, in France, you know, and I'm working with French people, I don't know quite how French people react. And I, the French person is a little bit wary of me because I'm English and I'm not French. So we've got a little bit of a gap of understanding between us and a gap of trust. All right. Okay. And, and uh, appearing more like them, that relates then to the model that you've introduced in your book, Getting Results Without Authority, right? Yes, yes. Because one of the principles that I, that I work from is that if I'm, trying to, if I'm trying to communicate effectively with somebody else, if I'm trying to influence somebody else, the more I speak their language, the more I relate to them in the way in which they would like to be addressed, then the more likely I am to have a reasonable conversation with them and, and be able to influence them. So take, take me again in, in France, you know, my typical is reaction, the same as any Brit on holiday, you know, is you're in the middle of Paris and you ask for directions in English. And when the English, when the French person looks at you with a little shrug of the shoulders and say, I don't understand, um, what the Brit then typically does is speak louder and slower in English <laughs> with the assumption that the other person is going to understand. Now, of course, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and in fact, you actually build up, you, instead of becoming across clearer to the other person, you actually create much more of a barrier between right. them because yeah. you are showing no attempt at all at relating to the other person. So what I work out in, my, in the model of, of my communication model is that we each have a particular way in which we prefer to be influenced and be communicated with. All, each of us has a preference. If you ask somebody, you know, how, how, would, how would you like to be in, influenced? You'll get a range of different responses. You'll get people that say, well, I like a clear indication of what I need to do. Well, crisp and clear direct communication right some other people say give me the facts give me the reasons give and let me understand why you need something like that other people will say well i want the big picture what's the direction we're going and other people will say well first you know i want to be part of whatever it is you want to do so you know how can you make it more personal to me how can i find a build a relationship with you right. um, and see that I am understood as well and my feelings are understood in that. 
So we heard about four very different communication styles here. Crisp and clear communication and tell me what to do. That's what we call the action style. It's directive and it addresses the task. And when somebody says, give me the facts and the reason, then they are less directive, but still focused on the task. We call this the process style. And then next to these two task-based styles, we also have two relationship-based styles. The person who wants the big picture prefers the ideas style. And the person who wants to be understood and included likes people style. And in this way, we see that there's four different influencing styles and they are distinctly different. Action, process, ideas, and people. And the model we speak about here is included in the show notes. So you can have a look there about the model and, and start using the model yourself if you like. So we all have a preferred style, a style we love to use ourselves, the same style as we hope others will use to talk to us. You know, so each of us got that different way of preferring to be talked to. And we each have a different way, a preferred way of communicating. Yeah. One of, you know, something that we've learned, something we've developed over time. This is, this works for me in my organization, my situation. So we tend to start from the position we are in, my preference, speaking English, and speak to the other person whose preference is speaking French. Or I start from facts and facts and details, and the other person wants the big picture, you know, and we, don't, and we, we have a miscommunication. And all I then do is speak much more facts and factual data. Can't you see the detail here? This is why, this is why we're doing it. And the other person says, no, no, but what's the direction we're going? <laughs> Right, so, so you're saying quite often we're insistent on our own preference and we keep explaining things in our own preferred model rather than adapt to the model yeah. of the other person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so then the best way for us to initially build a good relationship with the other person and get our message across is to speak their language. Yeah. So even if I speak bad French, uh, if I get the phrase book out... <laughs> in Paris and I speak some bad French, I'm more likely to be understood and I'm more likely to get what I want than if I continue just to shout in English. Right. And just as the same person, just as the same way as I like to, I like to give long lengthy explanations and you being a Dutch person like things crisp and to the point right. <laughs> and direct. <laughs> so when I'm talking to you, Frank, I know on, over past experience that I don't give you long explanations. I just give you clear, precise statements about what it is that we need. And that then works better because I'm now speaking a little bit more of your language. I don't find it easy to do that, as you can tell at the moment. I give nice, long explanations <laughs> and anecdotes <laughs> and everything else. Right. But I can, I can give a clear answer if I know that's important to the other person. But you say something very important there that, that triggers me. Um, you're saying in order to adapt to the style of another person, I will need to get out of my comfort zone. It's, it's not particularly easy for me, right? Yeah, for some people it's easier than others because we've all got a range of preference. Some people have a very, very strong preference for one style of communicating. Uh, other people have got a little bit more of a mix. But typically we're reasonably strong and comfortable in, in a couple of different styles. But... 
but yes, I, I've got to start thinking about what it is the other person's preference. And again, you say, get a little bit out of my comfort zone, get the phrase book out and try to think about what it is that's going to relate to the other person. And by doing that, I'm not just, they don't just hear me better. Well, I'm actually building a closer relationship with that person as well, because I'm respecting them and I'm showing that I'm prepared to adapt to their preferences rather than force them to adapt to mine. Yeah. And these four styles uh, in the book, you've labeled them as uh, process, people, ideas, and action. And what, what struck me there when I was going through it is that the action style is the style where you say, it's result-oriented, I'm clear, I give directions to others. So I could easily think, well, in, in business, in, in companies, the action style is clearly what I need, right? Well, it is, but it's also, you know, it, and it's one which a lot of senior managers use. This is what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Here is the clear direction. Here's the answer. But you, have, you very often get a, a response from people, in the, even in the business world. You say, well, why do I need to do that? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose? I can see that that's a good thing to do, but why? I need to understand the why about it. So, you know, you may approach somebody... Um, using action star because you want something done I need this report now but the other person is not going to respond positively unless they've got some reasoning unless there's yeah. a rationale for it which is more process style both parties are talking relative to the job that needs to be done the task that needs to be done but they're they're miscommunicating in the sense of one is just saying exactly what the answer is and the other one is saying well I need to know the workings out I need to know the the why and let's, let's take that example that you're just using. So suppose I'm a manager and I, I'm clear action style. I'm results oriented. I'm active. I'm outgoing, extrovert. I'm pushing for results. And now I meet you and, and you have more of a, a preference for a process style. What, what should I do in my communication to, to, to link better to that process preference of you? Yeah, well, people with a process style preference like facts they like data they like relatively slow and structured communication they like to be able to see things for themselves and work it out for themselves so instead of just giving somebody the answer if i showed people how i got to that answer then it needs to be done now because we have a time limit on it the the structure was there i've got to get this into a further report that needs to be done for the chief executive you know, so I need this information from you so that all these other parts, pieces can fit together. If I start to give a little bit more of that rationale, speak more of the process style language, then I, as a process style person, would then say, okay, yeah, I can see your point now. Just don't, just don't give me the straight, tell me what to do. Bit. So be aware of the style of the other person you speak to. If his style is process style, slow down come with facts and the why. But if she is more idea style, tell her the overall idea and how it connects to other things we're doing here so that she buys into your vision. And if her style is people style, then ask a lot of questions and explore such that she feels understood and involved. So these are great tips for adapting to the style of the other person. But we can't walk around with a book all day that tells us what to do when we encounter somebody with a certain style. 
But what we can learn to see is what works and what doesn't work for the other person. Rather than stay in my own preferred style, which obviously is the easiest for me. Do I, do I know the way in which they typically communicate? And I don't need to send them a questionnaire or get them to read the book to, give, to come up with the exact <laughs> answer. I can just relate, think back to how does this person typically communicate with me? What is it that they're looking for? All right. Yeah. You know, so if they're, if they're asking me, have you got more details? Have you got more facts on it? Why am I doing this? If they keep on asking those sort of questions, then I can pretty well guarantee that they're in process style. If they're always talking about needing to get things done now, speed, the results, then they're pretty well action style. Right. Yeah. If they're saying, can you listen to me? I'd like to, un I'd like to understand a little bit more about where you're, where you're coming from here. I need to work out what the relationship is between us. I need to understand a little bit more about what's going on for you in terms of why you're asking me to do that. Yeah. Then that potentially is saying that person needs to build a relationship with me first before we can start talking about the task. And that's more people style. So I just just being aware or in the first time I meet them, if I'm trying to if I need to if I need to suddenly influence somebody I've never met them before, then if I start to use people style, which is gathering me information. Instead of entering into small talk with the person and asking them what the weather was like and what they did at the weekend, I could just ask a simple question: How do you like how do you like these meetings to go? Right. How, yeah. You know what what's important to you in terms of relationships, and I can listen then carefully to the answer in terms of not just what people are saying, but how they're saying it, and then I get a clue about what style they prefer. Right. Yeah. So now I can adapt and I can do all of the four styles. I mean, because, you know, everybody can do all of them. You know, we've all got some sort of degree of knowledge of them all. Um, and I'm not trying to be perfect in each style. I'm just trying to adapt a little bit more so that when I'm talking to somebody um, who's more of an idea style person, I'll give them much more of the big picture. I'll try to be a little bit more inspiring. I'll talk about what we've got in common with each other rather than just what the answer is right yeah 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 and and you said before the stronger your own preference the harder it is to adapt to the preference of somebody else right yeah yeah absolutely yeah just in the same way as if i've never learned french it's hard it's harder to adapt if i've only ever been working in a in a scientific or technical community and i've only ever used process style or scientific explanations and analysis in the way in which I communicate it's now incredibly difficult for me to suddenly start talking to people about relationships and big pictures and emotions yeah. because I've yeah. never dealt with those sort of stuff before you know so it's a lot more difficult it's not impossible and just taking those small steps towards the other person tend to mean an awful lot to them to the other person now, Jeff, a question I often get when I work with models of communication, whether it's, it's, it's your getting results without authority model, but it could also be MBTI or SDI or, yeah. or insights. A question I often get is, well, I, I can be very much aware of the style of the other person, but what, what if I'm in a meeting with 10 people who all have different preferences? A couple of things. Uh, one is we can start to look at the the outcome i'm looking for 
in a meeting because uh, if I've got a number of people there, I'm going to have a range of different styles potentially that are around the table. Uh, but I can also think about what's the purpose of this meeting? What's the outcome I'm looking for in this meeting? Is the outcome, you know, to generate understanding, in which case the best style that will get me there is people style. Is the purpose of the meeting to come up with a solution? The best solution is where we talk about pros and cons and we analyze the facts and the data, which is a process style discussion. The outcome will lead me to which communication preference or which communication style will get me there. And then I can think about what are the preferences of the people. You know, then I need to make sure that I find a way of relating to them in people style so that I can, they understand exactly why I'm actually wanting to use action style with them right? in yeah. order to get that out. So this is an emergency situation. I understand that it's, it's important. So we, we can't do anything else. Preferences of people in the room. How easy is it going to be to go into that particular outcome choice first or do I need to set it up in such a way that I can uh, I can in help other people and adapt to other people's styles so that they can understand that this particular style that I'm going to use is the one that's best for this meeting. How easy is that learnable to 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 well first of all to to get to learn the, these different styles and then to start applying them? Well, as I said before I, mean, I think it's relatively easy to learn the different styles because we all use them in some way. Right. Um, yeah. So, so we, we all have a, we're all a bit of a mix of all four of these styles in the way in which we communicate on a day-to-day -day basis. So some are a little bit easier to learn than others, but as long as I can just learn how to adapt to those, it's easier. Then I'm just engaging my brain a little bit more in terms of thinking about planning before we get into a situation and saying, what's going to work best here? You know, what's the strength of preference of the other people that I'm meeting here? What is the outcome I'm looking for? And how do I get to do that? So it's a fairly simple planning model, um, which even if you write down, if it's an important communication I'm having, it's an important meeting, and I write down on a piece of paper what it is that's going to happen, it's not going to take me any more than five or 10 minutes. Can you, uh, you, you've worked for many years as an, as an organizational uh, consultant. Uh, you help many teams across the world to use these styles to communicate better with each other. Can you give an example of a real life situation that you've worked in where a, a team of people really benefited from, from starting to use this model? So one of the examples that comes immediately to mind is the, is, is not actually as an, in a work situation. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's actually what somebody told me in a, that, that happened to them in, a, in their, their home life. The, uh, we had a, a, a manager who, on one of the workshops who, who came from Germany and he had um, two teenage sons. And one of the situations he shared on the workshop was that uh, he was finding it very difficult to relate to his sons because they didn't do what, they didn't do what he wanted them to do. And he was typically using, um, you know, much more of a process and action style, um, parenting in such a way that this is what you need to do and this is the answer and here is why you need to do it. And I suggested to him that perhaps the, uh, the fact that these, uh, his sons now were, being, were teenagers, they might have some thoughts of their own. 
um, and that they wanted to perhaps be more related to than um, than just being told what to do oh. and that to be included a little bit more in the conversation so uh, he took the challenge and he went back and I got an email from him after about a week saying you know it was amazing change in the relationship he's had with his uh, with his two teenage sons on the basis that he started to use a little bit more of people style and actions and um, ideas style listening more to what what his his sons were saying involving them more in the decision making process involving them a little bit more in the big picture about what was going on um, and he said the the whole atmosphere at home had a complete 180 degree shift. So that was an example of, again, what, what also happens in the work situation where you're, you're dealing with sort of conflict situations and situations where things are not going well. And by just switching tack a little bit and changing style, you suddenly build a better relationship. You suddenly get, get towards what it is that uh, you're trying to achieve better. Yeah, and absolutely, and and what what you, it's a good example of leaving your own preferred style and and starting to adapt to what somebody else may need. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. If people listen and they want to um, start using this more, I can imagine managers listening to this podcast saying, yeah, that's what my team needs. You know, we, we have many different people. They come of different backgrounds. Different, so each, each of us has different preferences. So, so adapting more to that, understanding more of it would be very helpful. But what would be your first step they could take, apart from buying your book, of course? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they could buy the book or attend the workshop. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, the, but, but seriously, I mean, the, the, the sort of first thing you do is just to become, start to become more aware of the differences that there are around you, you know, so instead of just staying with, this is the way I do it and it's the way that works for me, just start to listen a little bit more to, to what's going on around you, what difference people's preferences might be, and if you're working and if you're working as the manager of a team, why don't you just ask them how do, how do we make communication better in this team what 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 would work for you? What is the sort of way in which you would like us to communicate together uh, not just between from me as the manager to you but also you know between each between between you within the team what's the sort of thing that's going to work and then that starts to then relate a little bit. You don't have to use the titles of, of people, action, process, and ideas. You don't have to use those, but you're just thinking a little bit more about what other people's preferences are. You say, okay, this person likes a little bit more big picture. This person likes a little bit more facts and background. You know, this person likes to have clear, concise statements. Right. You know, and we can, you know, if I've got a picture of that, then we can start relating to each other a lot more effectively. And, and changing our style, adapting a little bit more to the other person's preference. Yeah. Is it often a, a kind of um, light bulb moment for people to see, um, like, like, wow, in my team at work, apparently this is what's happening. We, we all have so different styles and I never adapt. Uh, yeah, I think it is. And it's a little bit like um, what the, the sort of the phrase we use quite often when we're talking about MBTI differences that, we discover that the person that I'm working with is not difficult. They're just different. Mm. 
And, you know, what we tend to look at is uh, that person is a difficult person to communicate with. No, that person is a different person to communicate with. They're not difficult, they're just different. And while you're saying that, I'm thinking this is quite relevant also for organizations who want to promote diversity more and, and have a more inclusive workforce, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, because, you, again, I mean, a lot of your work is, is, in, is in this sort of cross-cultural area. And so we do a lot of things together that way. Right. It's, it's um, you know, we've got slightly different preferences across uh, cross cultures and we can become more inclusive if we start to recognize what some of those basic differences are. We're, so the more east you go in, in the cultures, uh, then the more we tend to have a requirement in those cultures for more relational building. I need a relationship with you and a good relationship before I can get down to doing the task. Whereas in America, we don't need the relationship, we just need the task. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So it starts to it starts to give you a clue as as well. How do how do I build better diversity with, you know, and build build better relationships with a with a multifunctional or multicultural team? Yeah. Yeah, and I can relate to that indeed. Um, I, I've not used this model in terms of you know in the U.S. you need to do this style and in China you need to do this style, but the, the awareness for what the other party needs from you and the, exactly. and then adapting to that is, exactly. is very powerful. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then I usually say there there's no need to always adapt, but it's good to see the differences, be aware of them, and 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 suspend your judgment and and don't judge immediately, but just yeah. see it as different. And that, yeah, that and, relates. And, and start understand a little bit more about why people are different. So that's a great conclusion. Don't see people just as different in terms of the way they communicate. On a deeper level, accept that we're all very different. And realize that often we can be much more effective if we leave our own preference and adapt to the way the other person likes to communicate with us. So action, process, people and ideas are the four styles Jeff talked about. And in the show notes of this episode, you'll find an outline of his model, as well as a reference to the book, Getting Results Without Authority. Good to mention here that Jeff created a workshop around these principles and the four influencing styles. That's the workshop, Getting Results Without Authority. It's given worldwide. And together with Jeff, I've created an online version of this workshop. And that helps very much in these times when learning needs to take place remotely. For this short, focused and very practical workshop in three modules, getting results without authority online, just get in touch and send us a mail at frank at clarityinconversations.nl and we'll set it up. So just like every week, Els de Meyer from Fontes University of Applied Science looks back on the interview. So I asked Els what she thought. Well, I first of all, I have a question, I think, because um, Jeff was talking about um, the model that um, you explained very well um, during the podcast as well. Right. Um, and I was just wondering, so if, um, if you use that model, um, how you would figure out what kind of style someone has? You know, is that something that you 
have to analyze up front or is it something that right. yeah. you figure out more in interaction? Yeah, you, c you can think about it up front beca because, of course, people don't walk with a sticker on their no, head that exactly, says, yeah. I'm an action person. But you can hear it even in if you listen to the language mm -hmm. that somebody uses or you listen to the, the tone of voice. If there's this enthusiastic bang, bang, bang tone of right. voice, then you're quite likely to be on the on the action or the idea style. And yeah, if, yeah. if somebody is more thoughtful, mm -hmm. like the way you asked me this question. Yeah. And, and then you I would be more on the left. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, so, so actually, um, yeah, so I was trying to figure out because it's something that you do then while you have your conversation, you would probably decide then to um, adjust to that while you are in conversation with that person. Right. Then. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and the other thing I was wondering, and, and that's really something I thought about um, while I was listening, is that um, he said, you know, the reason um, why it's actually nice to have a model like that is because in the old fashioned uh, situation, we had a boss and there was a clear hierarchy between right. yeah. on the workplace yeah. or in the workplace. And nowadays you don't have that. And I was just I thought I can see that and I can relate to that. But I'm I'm wondering how it is for people that are a lot younger than we are, because, uh, you know, the what they call millennials. Um, they may be they they may have never had that i think in some like if we talk about managerial kind of settings i don't know if they ever had the old situation of the hierarchy anyway yeah that's right yeah and um so i'm i'm reading this book at the same time and and my mind goes all kind of wild associations associations <laughs> then but um what I actually think is that, um, so there's uh, Rutger uh, Brechman who wrote his book and it's called, so kind of freely translated, it's called uh, Most People Are Okay or Most People Mean Well right. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and he's, he talks about this uh, idea that um, it's actually because as soon as people uh, people were first kind of nomadic and traveled around and were always in touch with other, other people and people that were different. Right. Um, yeah. And as soon as they started to settle, they kind of built walls around where they were and they uh, stopped being in touch with others um, as much as they were before. So it became and less flexible. And, yeah, and so yeah. he says then like, they became uh, misogynistic actually because of that, because the other was kind of strange and something that is strange is something to be feared and you cannot easily relate to p things that you don't know. Yeah. And so coming back, because this seems kind of a, a bit of an exotic kind of uh, sidetrack I'm going on, but I actually thought about it because um, if you talk about millennials, they're kind of temporary in a job probably as well, or they they are from maybe a four-month project up to the next one. They don't have this clear, uh, settled, permanent structure with a clear hierarchy anymore. So in a sense, I'm kind of wondering if we could call them the modern no nomads, really. And if um, I'm wondering, would they be tuned in more to... Um, different styles anyway yeah so would yeah. they have this natural talent maybe or natural feeling for tuning into a process style or to a more direct style depending on and that they know that they have to adjust anyway i, 
I would say so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what I've seen is that definitely. I mean, regardless of age, you can see mm. that people have preferences. Also, the millennials have a, a preference for a certain style. Yeah, they must do. Yeah. And they're all different. But what, what you what you make me think of, and that's probably right, is that they're more much more flexible in switching styles yeah. dependent on what the situation asks from them. Yeah, that's that's, and it's hard for us to say that because we're not, you know, we're yeah, not millennials. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. it, I think the next thing we should do is just probably ask them, you know. <laughs> ask millennials how flexible they are and see how flexibility in communication style changes with age. That's a nice topic for a new episode in the next season. If you have thoughts on that uh, or on flexibility in general, we'd love to hear it at frank at clarityinconversations.nl. Also for other comments and feedback, get in touch at frank at clarityinconversations.nl. And now time for tips. Three tips to bring more clarity into your conversations. Tip one. Try to find out what communication style the other person has that you're speaking with. Are they focused on the task or on the relationship? Are they directive or more thoughtful? It can tell you a lot about their preference and it can help you to relate better to them. I guarantee you that if you start focusing on this and see it as a sport to find out, then you'll be amazed at how much it impacts your communication. Tip two. Talk to your colleagues about how meetings go and what they'd like to see different in terms of the style of communication or the effectiveness of the meeting. Quite often, bringing it up in a constructive way already improves the communication. Tip three. When you notice a conversation is not going too well, nothing forbids you to just say so. Hey, I notice in our conversation that it's not going that smoothly. And I, I think it's because we're both looking for a different thing, right? You can talk a lot about big picture. Well, I would like to see the details about how it will work. So could you tell me just a little bit more about those details? Put it on the table. That was three tips. And that brings us to the end of this episode where I spoke with Jeff Cox. You know, you should uh, engage your brain before opening your mouth. Always a good idea. The next episode of Clarity in Conversations will be a very different one. You will hear many voices that you've heard already in earlier episodes. And with those people, we will review a situation where communication is of highest importance. Change. Why do so many change projects fail? It's primarily because the communication was not tackled correctly. So next time a different episode focusing entirely on this particular topic, communication in times of change. That's in two weeks from now. We'll speak to you then. Now, of course, it doesn't work that way. Thanks for listening to Clarity and Conversations, a podcast by Frank Garten. Clarity and Conversations is a podcast by me, Frank Garten. To further professionalize the podcast, I'm looking for a company active in the consultancy business to sponsor the podcast when we start with season two in June 2020. If you have suggestions for this, or you are the sponsor that wants to attach your name to Clarity in Conversations, I'd like to speak to you. Leave me a note then at frank at clarityinconversations.nl or find my contact details on frankgarten.com.